0: Hey everybody, during our hiatus between seasons, as we get to work on season four, we're reposting our season two series from 2017, Seeing White. A lot of you have heard it, but we know some of you have found the show more recently, maybe through our men's season, and have not yet gone back to hear Seeing White. The response to this series has been extraordinary and ongoing, so we're just re-upping it into the feed. If you've already listened, you can always listen again or just tell some friends about it. Enjoy. I'm minding my own business one day looking in on my Facebook feed. It's the summer of 2016, in the frenzy of the campaign season, a few weeks after Donald J. Trump got enough delegates to clinch the Republican nomination. Someone's posted a video clip from the daytime talk show The View. The headline is about the comedian and actor D.L. Hughley and something he said on the show. It snags my interest and I click. um, Let's talk about politics already. I mean, we often talk about, you know, what's going on with Donald Trump. Did you ever think he he would even get this far?
1: But I think I'm not shocked that he is. You're
0: not.
1: Why? Because I think that ultimately America's aspirational. Like to me, uh, Obama is what we would like to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Donald Trump and his supporters are what we are. Hey. They are what we are. Listen, we want to be different. Like, we'll put Harriet Tubman on the front of a $20 Mm -hmm. bill, Mm -hmm. but leave Andrew Jackson on the back. So we have a slave on the front and a slave owner (laughs) in the back. So even when black people own money, we still got a supervisor. So. uh,
0: (laughs) The last bit is funny, but it was the part before that that stopped me in my tracks. This bit
1: Obama is what we would like to be.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Donald
1: Trump and his supporters are what we are.
0: Hey. I have to admit, my reaction at the time was, hold on a second. First of all, Obama won the whole shebang. Twice. Trump's going to be the nominee for one party, but the whole country hasn't elected him to anything yet, and it won't happen. You may remember that's what most people thought at the time. Besides that, I bristled at Hughley's We. I know, it's we the people and all that, but when you put it in a sentence like this...
1: Donald Trump and his supporters are what we are.
0: ...wasn't sure I wanted to be implicated in that we. Of course, Trump did win. Say what you like about the perfect series of gusts that blew him across the finish line. Hillary's emails, Vladimir Putin, James Comey, Jill Stein's voters, the Electoral College. Trump won. And as for that we, it seems fair to say that D.L. Hughley, who's black, was talking about a nation, for all its growing diversity, a nation still dominated by people who look not like him, but like me. 70% of voters were white in 2016, and 58% of white voters chose Trump. Thus, the Van Jones election night comment that went viral. This
1: was a whitelash. This was a whitelash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president in part. And that's the part where the pain comes.
0: People can debate how big a factor straight up racism was in Trump's victory, but his year-long drumbeat of remarks and tweets and retweets, giving voice to white resentment toward people of color and religious minorities, offending millions and pulling scabs off old American wounds, All of that was not too much for the 62,984,825 people who colored in the bubble next to Trump's name. The rise of Trump is just one of the many things in the last few years that have turned newly challenging. Just what is up with you all? Spotlight on white people and whiteness. Do I need to list them? From the many police shootings of unarmed black people to the massacre of nine black churchgoers by the white supremacist terrorist Dylan Roof, to cultural stuff like Oscar's So White. Well, I'm here at the Academy Awards,
1: uh, otherwise known as the uh, White People's Choice Awards.
0: And what feels like a relentless drip, drip, month by month of glimpses into the everyday of American life. Moments not meant for public consumption, but captured on smartphones and sent ricocheting around the internet. The manhandling of black teenage girls by white cops and school cops. Those college kids in Oklahoma. Fraternity brothers seen on video engaging in a racist chant. Me.
1: Me. No, never
0: be or this one in the town where I live, Durham, North Carolina. After a near accident on a busy road, a man with brown skin stops his car to apologize and records the fury of a middle-aged white woman in a nice late-model sedan. Calm down, ma'am. Ma'am, ma'am, please relax. It's not... Relax? Necessary. Relax, I'm sorry. I did not see you. Just relax. Well, you better open up your goddamn eyes and learn how to drive, you fucking Muslim. You are a Muslim, aren't you? Yes, ma'am, proud. Uh, goddamn you, it. Son of a nigger-loving atheist bitch. Get off of me! I feel sorry for you. That you're full of hatred. Why are you I'm so full
1: of, of hatred for
0: people that are too? Dumb. I'm John Bewin. It's seen on radio. The race beat in American journalism usually involves pointing our gaze and our cameras and microphones at people of color. That goes for me, too. Over several decades as a reporter and documentary maker, I've told the stories of black folk from Chicago to the Mississippi Delta, Latinos from North Carolina to the apple orchards of Washington State. Native Americans from the Navajo Nation in the southwest to Ojibwe country up north. I'm proud of a lot of that work, but if I think about how I built those stories, I've often treated whiteness like the proverbial elephant in the room. You might hear about some white individuals or white-run institutions, the alleged bad apples, the discriminators. But like most American reporters, I've usually left white people as a group, the white race, unnamed. In the coming batch of episodes, a series we call Seeing White, turning the lens around, looking straight at white America and at the notion of whiteness itself. Where did this idea of a white race come from? God? Nature? Or is it man-made? And if somebody manufactured the idea, why? For what purpose? How has the meaning of white changed over the centuries? And how does it function now? The stories that we carry around about whiteness and what it means, stories we may not even know we're carrying, but we are, all of us, are those stories true? For the record, I am white. <laughs> I'm about the whitest boy you're ever gonna meet. Stephen Colbert talking to his show's band leader, John Batiste. John, have you met anybody whiter than me? Yeah, I, I think I know somebody. Yeah? yeah. Who? Who?
1: It's a guy I grew up with. What's his name?
0: Say
1: his name. (laughs) Say his name. What's his name? Oh, his name's Andy.
0: Oh, I know Andy. You know Andy? Yeah, the white guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we meet. We we meet at the white meeting. Yeah, I know Andy. So I just want to. I'm at least as white as Colbert. Even my hair, which used to be the color of his, was in a hurry to turn white. So that means I'm well positioned for this project. I've got the credentials, the inside scoop on the whole white thing. Right? Hello. Hey, Changerai Kumanika.
1: Yeah, who's this?
0: John Bewin.
1: Hey John, what's going on, man? How you doing? How
0: you doing? I'm I'm alright, you? I'm good, man. You know, one day at a time. So I'm doing this uh this crazy project looking at whiteness Mm. and uh, I'm just not sure I'm up I'm I'm not sure I'm the right person for the job I'm a little concerned about my perspective as a white dude and thinking I might I maybe could use some backup somebody to kind of check me a little bit and bring in you know help flesh out the story with the perspective uh, your perspective as a person of color in this world what do you think
1: right you're not asking me to speak for all people of color,
0: are you? Yes. Of course. Oh,
1: okay. Good. Because, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, my name is Chinjarai Kumunika. I'm a professor of critical cultural media studies, cultural industries, and things like that. Currently, I teach at Clemson University in the Department of Communication. In the fall of 2017, I'll be starting in Rutgers School of Inf- uh, Communication and Information.
0: And, uh, Yeah. So, Chengerai will make regular appearances in this series. People who study this stuff often say that white people ourselves are not very good at seeing whiteness. On the contrary, we tend to have blind spots, large and small, about the way it all works. Oh, and actually, Chengerai won't have to speak for all people of color, because as you'll see, quite a few POCs will show up in the episodes. He can just speak for his smart and thoughtful self. For this introduction, Chenjerai and I put some thoughts and worries on the table about the series itself.
1: I like the focus on whiteness because I feel like in general when we're talking about race and ethnicity, the focus tends to be on, you know, people of color and, uh, you know, whiteness just kind of is invisible. And so I like that, but you know, there's like a couple of things I'm concerned about. Like when you say it right off the gate, there's a couple of things that just come up like, oh, I hope we don't go in this direction.
0: Right. Tell me. Well,
1: this is the I tell you, the big thing is this. There's a tendency in this country to frame the discussion about race and ethnicity and oppression in terms of something called race relations. <laughs> you know, and this this overwhelmingly focuses on the individual attitudes you know of people almost like race racism is like this disease and the and the overwhelming puzzle to solve is like who has it yeah right
0: exactly that's that's how we think about it isn't it and how are people how are we getting along sort of are we nice to each other or not yeah exactly yeah how
1: are we getting along that's that's That seems to be like, I mean, it's incredible to be how many like really intelligent people will still frame this issue like that. I've seen Obama do it, you know, and I think the thing that these conversations really need is something that people are deeply illiterate with is this issue of structural racism or institutionalized patterns of exploitation and oppression that are that are like racialized in certain ways, you know, and really just a more complex engagement with how power works and what race and ethnicity has to do with it you know this is to me almost distinct from this problem of it's not distinct I guess but almost distinct from race relations or prejudice and so I I really have a problem with people framing like that in fact John if I can I want to deputize you as a white person to go out into the world and like sort of intervene when you see people
0: framing it like that you know what Mm -hmm. I mean but yes, I hear you. Power. How does power work? How does how how do systems? Uh, and, and there's an idea that people have talked about that you can have, you can have racism without individual racists, because systems and structures have been set up in a way, that exactly. they sort of run this way on their own at this point, right? Or at least that's that's, that's, a, right. that's yeah. a thesis, to be looked at,
1: right. I mean, I, I mean, I think and in a way that's like more worrisome in a way. Right. It's like not just when you have like the person who we all know is a bigot. But actually, when you can have a system where people are not, they don't have those attitudes, but somehow they can be incentivized to participate in a, in a system of oppression. That's that's what I'm more worried about, you know.
0: Yeah, I have a worry, too. Uh, and, a, and a disclaimer that I would want to make about about this project, and that is, I'm concerned that people will look at the title of the series, "Seeing White," and they'll think, "Oh, this is this is a series about uh, white supremacists and neo Nazis and the KKK again." Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And nice. I want people to know that that's not that's not what we're up to here. Uh, Please. Please, do, yeah. <laughs> those, folks, those folks have had, have, 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 are having their moment, but uh, it's not going to be on this show. Um, right. I, I mean, yes. who knows? There might be, you know, there'd be some overt racism that gets referred to and so on. But mostly what we want to talk about is, uh, you know, the rest of us um, who are not overtly stated white supremacists and, and sort of how, how things go down among the rest of us
1: yeah I'm a hundred percent in support of that. I mean, I just think like you know it's hard because there is it is appalling when you see some of these crazy examples of bigotry and now people coming into explicit white supremacy and you know white nationalism and things like that. but but the thing I'm much more interested in is the kind of whiteness that's just institutionalized. it's there, you know, it just structures every day. Well, here I go. Everyday interactions, but also, uh, every, you know, just patterns and how institutions are set up and all these other kinds of things, right? Who has what rights, how resources are distributed. Those things are just, in, just sort of ingrained and just with us there invisibly, like the water that we're in. And that's what I'm more interested in.
0: That's our challenge, to go on this journey together and see if we can get a little better at seeing the water. Next time, we'll get into it by going back in time, quite a ways back, back to the days when, though there were people who looked like me, there's no sign they thought of themselves as white. There was no notion of race. (laughs) People could look at other people and see some people were lighter and some people were darker. But what did that mean? What did that mean? The Invention of a Tribe, next time. The editor of our Seeing White series is Loretta Williams. You can follow Scene on Radio on Facebook and Twitter. The website is seenonradio.org. By all means, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcatcher and give us a rating and review so that little algorithm kicks in and iTunes puts the show in front of more eyeballs. Music on this episode by Lucas Bewin and his old man. The show comes to you from the Center for Documentary Studies at Duke University.
1: Sometimes it's like, I notice when you're talking to white people and you say the word white, it's almost like you just stabbed them a little bit (laughs) every time you say it. I mean, but you don't have to be saying something crazy. Like You could just be saying, a white person ate his cereal. It's like, a white person hugged his mother it's like it just each time it's like it's, you just see them like you know
0: kind of flinch. flinch a little bit so <laughs> i don't like what is that yeah i just flinched twice when you said that <laughs> when you said that word <laughs> so sorry i'm sorry <laughs> From P-